Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart and Wickedly Giggly Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and leadership. This is your host, Emerald Green Forest, and today I am welcoming not only the giggles, but my very special guest, Debbie Adea. Debbie is a soul sister that is such a gift to this world. And we have just spent the last 25 minutes in an absolute laughgasm. We just, <laughs> just said, forget it. I'm just going to go. And, you know, if we end up laughing the entire time, then that's the episode. And you ladies will enjoy every freaking second of it. Laughgasms <laughs> are contagious, no doubt about it. <laughs> but let me tell you about her bio. Debbie is a soulful speaker, coach, podcast, and conscious business strategist as the host of the top-ranked Spiritual Entrepreneur Podcast, which I've been on, thank you so much, mm -hmm. and creator of the popular Podcast on Purpose Online Academy. Devi moves entrepreneurs and leaders to embrace their soul's purpose and to share their message with the world so they can experience elevated freedom and hilarity. Uh, <laughs> today's... Uh, Today's uh, what she's offering is elevated freedom and hilarity, fulfillment and results in work and life. She has been featured four times as an icon of influence at the New Media Summit, which is where I met her beautifulness and interviews today's top podcasters and influencers on her show, Podcasters on Purpose, and shares her spiritual entrepreneurial insights on Debbie TV hyphen the podcast. When she's not serving or interviewing leaders in their industry, she enjoys making music, doing yoga, giggling her butt off, and spending time with her husband and three cats in their home in San Diego, California. Hello, Debbie. Welcome to <laughs> Smart Women. Hi, Emerald. So if you're, you guys are just joining us, we're laughing so hard because literally we've had, we couldn't even start. We were laughing so hard we could hardly breathe. I've never had that happen before, but we were saying that there must be some healing going on for us, right? Like there's something flowing. Yeah, it was huge. It was uh, literally a 20 minute laughgasm and we couldn't, we couldn't break it until I just said, you know what, we're just going to go. We're just going to go. And we might start laughing again. So, ah, all right, ready? Debbie, are you ready? Here <laughs> yes, we grow. Here, Here we, we grow. Here we grow. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to start by just saying you are one of the most delightful people I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. I just really, truly, and deeply love you and really, truly, and deeply appreciate everything that you stand for and everything that you show up for and how you just are all in, not only in entrepreneurship, but in your spirituality. And so I want to start our time together today, Debbie, by just giving you a minute or two or however many it takes to <laughs> share a little bit about what created the spiritual entrepreneur. Like, what's the backstory? Where did you come from originally? Did you have a spiritual awakening? What was that like? And, you know, what things that you 
did along the way to, to just keep saying yes to stepping into becoming who you are and continue to evolve into being. Mm, that's a beautiful question. I first want to just say, I love you too, Emerald. And I so appreciate you having me here today. I think you're extraordinary. And I don't think I've ever laughed that long contiguously with any one human being, which speaks to how much joy there just is in your embodiment. The bliss that you bring to life is so beautiful. So thank you for the gift of you. Yeah, my backstory is kind of interesting. So I grew up in Washington, D.C. and what I would call kind of like a cosmopolitan family, yet also a very mystical family. So uh, my dad was president of a bank, but he was also an Acharya Yogi. My godparents were Swamis. My mom was a VA before VAs were a thing. She was also what I call like a Claire family, where she's clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. Grandpa was in the FBI. Grandma was a mystical homemaker. So I saw this kind of dichotomy of two worlds that I thought went together for a long time. <laughs> and then at about age five, I shouldn't say super long, but at age five, I remember being at school and talking to a kid on the playground about um, my weekend. And he's like, so what'd you do this weekend? And we're jumping in the leaves. And I'm like, well, you know, we did this thing at grandma's house. We had this great dinner and my deceased relative was there, you know, their name or whatever. And he's like, what? You freak dead people don't come to dinner. Are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? Right. And I remember thinking, what did I say? Like, what was wrong with that? And I went to my grandma and I'm like, grandma, I don't understand. What did I do wrong? And she's like, honey, you can't tell anyone at school or anywhere else about what we talk about at home and dinner or they'll lock you in a rubber room and throw away the key. So I very quickly learned that, oh, that's something I have to hide. And so I, I tucked away this really rich, real, beautiful part of myself. And I started to focus on things that I thought were more acceptable. And I, you know, when I focused on getting, you know, my high school, I was second in my class in high school, went to Carnegie Mellon, got a dual degree, like really went into kind of creating in the world, went to work for Oracle. And um, for seven years, I was there doing different jobs in high tech. And one New Year's Eve, I sat down and I wrote out my bucket list. And I was like, found a bucket list from two years prior. And I looked at both of them and I'm like, man, these are the same. In two years of my life, I've done nothing of the things that I think are most important. And I was like, all right, well, this is an unacceptable. I'm just going to go and start checking these off. So that year I, I ran a marathon, got scuba certified, became a licensed skydiver, traveled Europe. It was like a crazy year. And I remember at the end of the year looking at my list and being like, okay, so I've done most of it. Well, now what? And I thought I was going to feel somehow more fulfilled. There was something that was going to happen that was going to shift for me because I had been making money and doing all these things I thought I should do to someday be able to create these things. And I didn't feel any more fulfilled. And I was like, okay, so if it, the thing we're looking for in life is not about, you know, acquisition, because I could buy a lot of things that I was making really good money. It wasn't about experiences because, you know, they stretch us and they're amazing, but it wasn't fulfilling me. <laughs> Maybe it was about contribution. And I, I got invited to, um, there was a, an event that I was at with one of the leaders in the coaching field. And he said, we're starting a coaching department. If you feel like you'd like to make a difference in the lives of people, apply. So I did that. I left Oracle. I went to work for their company for less than a year. And I was like, this isn't it either. Like I was, I loved making a difference, but there was something in my heart and soul that kept pushing on me and pulling and like this nagging. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I need to find out. And so I left and I ended up going and doing my coaching on my own. This is back in like 2000. And I started trying a bunch of different things. Like I, you know, wrote a kid's book, wrote a single. Yeah. I mean, I, I did a whole bunch of different things that most people don't have on their resume. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still feeling like, while well, I was enjoying all the creativity of it and 
you know, I knew that I liked a lot of different things or something that was really missing for me. And then in 2016, I was on a plane from San Diego to DC and back again. And I was listening to podcasts on podcasts. And I thought, mm, I think I want to start one of those. And so I came back, I talked to a friend and and I we had been doing some Kindle book launches together. And I was really having a hard time figuring out what I wanted to teach. I was really good at reflecting to coaches, like to other people, but not sharing my own message. And and so she said, well, you know, you've had spirituallaunchpower.com since 99. Why don't you use that? And I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. And she's like, what do you mean? You have, you know, why not? And I was like, well, thinking in my head, they'll lock me in a rubber room and throw away the key, right? And, you know, I've kind of played with a little bit in a meetup and done some things with sharing, but not at that level. And I thought, there's no way. And so she said, well, 72 hours, that or something better. And so I didn't have something better. I ended up launching my show within two months. And like at midnight that night was when I published because I thought, I, I don't know how I'm going to tell my story. And I did three tries the last day to get my story out there. And I was so scared when I pushed publish. I thought they're going to come take me away and lock me up. Mm. And I didn't die. The world didn't end. And all of a sudden, that tension and that pushing started to ease. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so what it is is about is expressing the voice of our soul mm -hmm. in service to humanity. And that's where the fulfillment lies. I started to feel full again mm -hmm. when I started to integrate those parts of myself. Mm -hmm. And so Beautiful. I've been doing a lot of work with just trying to bring those things together. Yeah, I, I want to <clears> ask <throat> you, so... So in 99, you got spiritualentrepreneur.com, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. there was a part of you, the future self or something, that said, get that real estate, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I kind of got lost there between 2000 and 2016. Were you yeah. still in Oracle? Were you still... No. Or I was coaching you, on my own. Coaching yeah, on your I was own. coaching you on my own. You were coaching on your own. Okay. And then I was doing... Um, I did some like... But you weren't coaching workshops. as a spiritual entrepreneur under that period of time? Or? Well, here's what I was doing. Yeah. I was very closeted. So I would use yeah. different words. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'd, you know, I'd, I worked with like C-level executives of companies and entrepreneurs, anywhere from like, you know, artists and real estate agents to C-level execs of really large organizations. And right. I would speak to them from a place of sourcing and, you know, making sure that you are... In alignment. And I would use breath, but I didn't talk about any of the, I didn't talk about frequency. I didn't talk about upgrading your consciousness directly. Mm. You know, they would say to me, I don't understand what's going on because these things are like magic that are happening, but I wouldn't talk about it. I was terrified to say anything of what was going on. And they're like, I don't get it. They'd be like, you're the catalyst. You're my muse. And we're like, these mm -hmm. things shift. But what I was doing was activating inside of them, their own answers, their own greatness, their own energy. And Doing it very closeted. Yeah, surreptitiously. <laughs> With permission of their higher self, yeah. <laughs> personally. But, you know, I did ask for permission to, to help them, but I, I wouldn't teach them how to do it themselves. And so I've since started to teach people how to do it themselves, how to know their own intuition center, how to... Um, you know, make decisions from that place. And I still do a lot of Socratic inquiry when I'm working with someone to guide them to their own truth and wisdom, because I believe we all have our best answers for ourselves. But I'm way more, this is what's going on. And you may think it's weird. Mm. And you know, and that's okay. But I truly I don't think I had the, the language in sure. 2000. I, I had been doing it since I was a kid. 
but I didn't, I was a five-year-old about speaking about it because I had stopped talking about it yeah. outside of my family. Yeah. And the words that they used were not mainstream. So Right, right. Well, you know, it's an yeah. interesting journey that you described, Debbie, because it's a journey that I've had. And I, I know it's a journey that a lot of people who are in the spiritual entrepreneur space have had where it's almost like, it's almost like you're trying to, we've been bridging. Like I know for me, I've been bridging for years where I came out of the real estate industry. And so I can talk, you know, sticks and bricks. I can talk bottom line. I can talk, you know, all the kind of concrete world. Like, I mean, literally the real estate industry, it doesn't get much more concrete (laughs) than that. Right. And then when I had my spiritual awakening, I did similar to you. I went into this period of exploration. I wrote books. I wrote music. I did a CD. I, you know, did all this stuff, but I like polarized as far away from real estate as possible after my spiritual awakening and really just gave myself a whole array of time to dive into all of these latent potentials that I didn't even know existed within me up until that point. So what I've noticed in the entrepreneurship space is there has been a lot of this, you know, kind of like bridging, but also packaging, like, how do we get this to the people who need it in a way that they're not going to be off put by it, but still allows us to be authentic. So we're already at the break. What I'm going to do is we're, I'd like to pick up on that when we come back about how do we actually reveal all of our gifts in a way that's authentic and still make the connection with the people in the marketplace that we're meant to serve in an entrepreneurial way so that we can be prosperous and everyone can be receiving what they need. And we'll pick you up with that on the other side of the break. So you can sit with that for a second. But for now, you know, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use some help from you. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I want to thank all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world already. Uh, We are a top 75 ranked podcast in the U.S. and we're a top 25 ranked podcast in Switzerland. So I'm going to give a shout out today to our listeners in Switzerland and say thank you so much for downloading, rating, reviewing, and pushing us up to top 25 there. And we will be right back with Debbie Adea. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. 
And we are back with Debbie Adea. You can find out more about her at DebbieAdea.com. We will have that in the show notes, but uh, just quick, it's D-E-V-I-A-D-E-A.com. And Debbie, you know, before we went to the break, we talked about this little dance of being a spiritual person and being, you know, a worldly person. And then on top of that, being entrepreneurial, which in and of itself differentiates you from a lot of other people, right? I I like to call the entrepreneurial journey, like you're getting a double dose of the spiritual journey when you're an entrepreneur as well as a spiritual person. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about, you know, what your self-care was around allowing parts of yourself that you had been admonished to hide by a loved one, you know, how you self-cared yourself through the process of allowing that to be revealed and seen and, you know, how your own physiology had to shift maybe in order to continue to embody who you really are. Yeah, that's a really great question. And I would say this, you know, I think Grandma was trying to protect me because at the time when I was a kid, she was watching over me. And then there came a time when that didn't need to be protected, but I still thought it needed to be. So as I started to um, come out spiritually, as I call it, on iTunes, right, through my show, it was almost like peeling away layers for me. But very much like you're saying, entrepreneurship is a double dose of spirituality. It's the best transformational seminar you can ever sign up for because you will be confronted in all areas. And this was one of those areas for me that when I would speak more my truth, when I would share more, I would have that disclosure remorse still as I was going through it after where you kind of just feel a little sick, right? And so what I had to learn to do was be like, okay, so what am I feeling in my body and make time for that? What is it you're wanting to teach me? And I would literally place my hand where I felt that that shame or that that guilt in my body. And I would give it my love and attention and be like, okay, what do we need to heal? And the more that I gave it attention, the more that I was willing to be with it, the more that I was like, okay, I'm loving you through whatever this is, the more that that started to dissipate. And then the more that I started to see other people sharing and coming out, the more I started to gather language around what I was experiencing, what I knew, the easier it became for me to start talking about it. And having a podcast is fantastic for that because you're in forced conversation. (laughs) If it's a weekly show every week on the topic that you're probably really wanting to speak most about. So it was a great place for me to workshop that too and listen and learn as I went along. But um, I just had to really give myself the space for grace and the space to not always get it right and the space to just say what was true for me. Even if I was saying, you know what? I just know that I'm uncomfortable with this. And I this is this feeling that I get. Even if I couldn't say what it was, mm-hmm. I could talk about it. And I started to communicate more what my truth was. And I would have people be like, really? I mean, for a long time, I didn't know that people didn't feel other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. I wrote my kid's book, What Feelings Do You Feel? for empathic kids, because I was one that always took on everyone else's feelings. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I found out that wasn't actually a thing. Like, not everyone does that. <laughs> So I think too, is discovering like, what is true for my experience? What's kind of common, what's not so common? And what are the gifts that I have that I take for granted that are different for other people? And how can I use them to help serve them with what it is that they're needing to do to get that voice of their soul out in full expression in the world, either through you know a business or a profitable podcast platform, business platform, how they can get that message out. So 
Yeah, it was just a step at a time, a breath at a time, a choice at a time. Pretty yeah, much. Love and attention. I love that. Well, let me say, Debbie, that, you know, one thing that I found in my journey, and I've seen with a lot of people who have attempted to bring their gifts out, is handling when the pushback comes from people. And so there is like a courage muscle that has to be exercised and a commitment to your own truth that has to be superior to whatever is coming at you from the world. And one of the things I noticed in my own journey was I had a judgment around quote unquote spiritual people, even though I was like as woo as they come, right? So this judgment was was kind of overlaying and creating this belief that if I packaged myself fully exposed, which I did at the beginning, at the very beginning when I came into the online world, which was 2008 timeframe, I packaged myself completely exposed. And then the money didn't seem to come, but I think part of it was I was like at the beginning of a wave of women who were showing up and sharing our gifts and opening up the space for more people like yourself to come through and start to, sh to feel free to share their own gifts. And, and so that shut me down and caused me to go down this rabbit hole of like, well, maybe if I package it this way or package it that way or package it some other way. So the question I want to ask you is, do you feel that vibrationally now we're in a climate where people can be much more authentic with who they're being and how they're showing up? And what do you offer to people to help them to you know, reduce any shame they might have or any fear they might have about really expressing their, their soul's voice, about really, you know, even naming their shows in a way that's going to attract the people that they're really meant to serve? It's a beautiful question. So I really believe that we're at a time where we cannot not do that. And the reason why is we're so much more awake than we once were, that when we're not being authentically who we are, it is so obvious to everyone, even if they're not even sure why they know, they just know. And so I really feel like we're at a time where we have to do that. Like it's not, a, it's not optional anymore. If you really want to have success in business, you need to be yourself, right? You need to show up that way. And I feel like there is, um, so there's different levels on which we can communicate with one another. There's the direct messaging that we give, which you know ideally is going to be authentic and aligned with who we are. And there's also the soul messaging that we do. So there's a deeper level of, you know, like we prayed it in before we came into this episode and we set the intention. There is a blanket on which everything that we do in our business and our life rests. And I believe that that's where the alignment really needs to be clear, where we need to be focused and attentive. And when we're coming from that place, where we're being guided by that small, still voice inside. When we're taking the time to have the habits to connect in in that way, and allow that to be what guides and directs our business, the shame is not going to show up as much. It's when we're in our, our mental state, we're like doing comparison or judging ourselves or whatever, that that stuff comes in. So I think the more that we can be in that blanketed place where we're coming from there, and the more that we have like a dive buddy, like you wouldn't go scuba diving without a buddy, because if your mask falls off, you need someone there to help you, right? So having other like hearted, like frequency people around you that can 
really reflect back to you, you know, and remind you of who you are when you forget, which can happen in the world of business. I think it can really help with that too. But mostly I think it's, it's required now. I don't think it's optional. I feel like we're all being called to step into the expression of our souls, of our voice together collectively to serve humanity in a way bigger way than we ever have. Hmm. I believe we have way more access to to that divine power that creates worlds than a lot of us give ourselves credit for, hmm. and that that's what we really need to be tapping into. And, and then I don't think it's even a conversation anymore when hmm. we're in that place. Beautiful. I love it. Well, you know, the one last question I want to ask you about, because I know that this is a, you know, a ubiquitous question for a lot of people whether they're entrepreneurs, spiritual entrepreneurs, or simply spiritual, is the money piece, you know, that that's like the root of the material realm, right? The money piece to, do you have any guidance or activation? Let's give an activation (laughs) to our listening audience Mm. that will allow them to access and relate with money in a, in a new way. I'm hearing that you have an activation for that. So I guess I do. Bring it on, baby. (laughs) Um, Well, that's interesting. So what I say about money really is it's just a a symbolic representation of that energy that we're putting out there. So that blanketed energy that we're putting out actually brings back and forth experiences, paper, zeros and ones flying through the air. There's things that are, that are coming back and forth. Uh, in response to that energy that we're putting out. So I really believe that the more that we sit in that space, the more that we're intentional with being of service in a way that's in aligned with our soul's voice, in service to humanity, that these unseen forces and resources come to create and, and support whatever it is we're doing and then bring the money to us. It's not something that we need to push for. I think a lot of us spend time trying to play in the effect and not the cause. So we actually create our reality and, but we're sitting out here like, well, when these things outside of me that I've created change, then I'll have money, then I'll experience fulfillment then. But the truth is that those things are what they are because of who we be and, and that blanket within. So if we can start to shift and change ourselves, the external will shift and change and whatever's in our highest good and whatever it is that we're really feeling that love vibration for will show up. So. Mm. That's my thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, and that was the activation right there. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank well, you. we are already at the end. Um, you know, I believe activations come through the sound of your voice as well as through your energy field. So I am 100% sure that people were activated by that. And I'm looking forward to seeing the comments and feedback from the people who are listening to this episode. Debbie, thank you so much for being here with me. And thank you for being willing to dive in while we were still in a giggle frenzy. <laughs> I have a feeling that that giggle frenzy, laugh gasm is uh, probably part of the activation as well for our listeners because I love to remind people that the first three letters of funds is F-U-N. So um, we had a lot of fun. And so I'm guessing a lot of funds are going to be generated as a result of that, either in your business, my business, or out there in the world for our, our listeners. So thank you so much. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line at 540-402-0043. 
extension 4343, or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.